Episode 4, Best of Buds Podcast, Mr. Benjamin Hensley, myself, Carlos Contreras, and none other than Zach Abeta, everybody. Zach Abeta. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, I'm feeling this intro song. Sounds like South Valley John Mayer. <laughs> That's, hot. South Valley. <laughs> That's hot. That's hot, dude. I'm trying to picture that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, some so. Edgar with like a guitar and a taco truck, just... Just go, just go further. You know, I saw John Mayer though, bro. I, I ain't gonna even front. I, I was, ne- I've never been a John Mayer fan. I, I was forced to go to a John Mayer concert, but then I saw John Mayer play fucking the where the Suns play, whatever that stadium is, sold out, solo, like so, a coffee he, shop, yeah. bro. And he killed it, I'm and sure. He, yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. So he, although a little bit of a douchebag yo it's crazy i've never been the biggest fan either like i don't even know too much of his music but one of my best friends is like a metal head like death metal concerts you know mosh pits the whole thing but his favorite is john mayer and i think it's like hilarious dude he even like <laughs> no john mayer is sick he's a talented guitarist man he can He's actually pretty funny too. I don't. I was just thinking about like when he was on those Fantasy Factory episodes with Rob Deerdeck. I don't remember. Oh, that. I know that. But yeah. then I thought like even further back, he did a sketch with Chappelle on the yeah, Chappelle show. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was like, oh, he's been funny for a minute. Like doing his thing. Yeah, for a trying minute. to get white guys to dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, see dude. him. I had played the guitar around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> it was with him and Quest Love. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quest Love's sick, man. I like Quest Love. I could do me some quest love. No, there's a lot of musical geniuses like that right now, man, who are kind of like, you know, different style of composers. You have like, like you know, electronic composers. You have quest love. You got John Mayer, people like that. A bunch of cool stuff. A lot stuff of dope out. stuff out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. We went immediately, <coughs> immediately to left field there. I'm sorry. No, I guess. Did. Yeah, we did. I guess when you're uh, doing a weed podcast or a cannabis cast, one shall say, uh, it's allowed to go immediately left. It should go yeah, to the left. It, does. it should it go to the left. Can of cast, I feel you. <laughs> a can of cast. Can of cast with Mr. Zach Abate. <laughs> Zach, tell us, like, for those just listening, uh, those who are watching, may oh, yeah. know, may know and see, right? Like, know your face, but what do you do in Albuquerque? You know, I like grew up here my whole life. Um, I was in the cannabis industry for over a decade. I also was in the like the b boy, so I was in the hip hop scene and still still dance for a long time. So people that any any of those like genres or things, you probably catch me around. I've uh, started doing comedy about six years ago, and then I really use that to uh, get more into the scene. So I would host and do comedy for cannabis events or host b boy jams, breakdance events, and. Um, I still really love tapping into the cannabis community, but right now I just do comedy full time, man. Like for about a year now, um, took about five years to get to that point, but it's hard in Albuquerque. Like we don't have too much venues for entertainers to make a lot of income. So most of us do have to work full day jobs or DoorDash, something like that just to make ends meet. What venues do you uh, usually get booked at? So right now, um, like when I first started, it was all coffee shops, bar gigs, open mics. But now our comedy scene's grown a little bit. Um, our best place to see a show would definitely be Dry Heat Comedy Club, which opened last year, last summer, almost a year open. Give them um, some horns, Ben. Oh, Give yeah, them some dude, horns. that's the spot, bro. 
Ooh. Yeah, so Dry Heat Comedy Club, 6th and Central. They're right next to the sushi spot. Um, they're comedian-owned, which is even better. It's owned by Sarah Kennedy and her wife, Kelly. They did a great job setting up the club and bringing in entertainment. And that's where I have my monthly showcase. So uh, March 25th is our next one. We got two shows because we sold out the last five in a row. Um, so yeah, more horns. More horns. More horns. Sold out five shows. Dry yeah. Heat Comedy. Dry Heat Comedy is, again, where? Six in Central, so right now, right at the end of Town Town, and other than that, we got great venues for I say probably close to two years now. Revel has been doing comedy every Wednesday. That really helped out our scene a lot. <clears throat> I got to open for some cool names there, like Chingo Bling came through last year. Oh, nice. uh, Jerry Garcia, some of the. Um, Joey Medina, some of the, like, the Latin kings of comedy. So that's cool because since the stage closed down, where I used to host over there, I, I my first shows ever were with Steve-O from Jackass, which were crazy. Whoa. And I, like, That was I, over at Santa Ana, Yeah, right? so I did the last time he came. He Last time he came, well, this is what I'm getting at. So the stage was the last place that big names would come through. And I was one of their hosts, so I would get opportunities to host for like cool people and stuff that like that. That is cool. But ever since the pandemic, the stage hasn't picked up any contracts like they're not even doing shows there so now all the big comedians that come through they'll book a venue and then just bring their own people so it makes it really hard for us local up-and-coming comedians to get the opportunities to work with these bigger comics without like the venues to help us out that's a trip i see you you never know you never know Mm -hmm. kind of the inner workings of like these these subcultural communities, right? Exactly. I, yeah, I think about it like in in you you mentioned a few like the b boy community, mm-hmm. um, you know the the poetry community. Even Ben goes so far to say like the food and beverage community or like the mobile food community. With oh it, yeah, you know? yeah so that's like, huge here too. You never know mm-hmm. what controls the ecosystem, exactly. and you just gave us some big points. Exactly. On what does. So um, I actually just got booked just yesterday to do two shows this summer for Carlos Mencia. Um, and one will, yeah, so one will be in Roswell and one will be here at the Lobo Theater. And yes, I will immediately be putting up my set right after my show. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything else. <laughs> but uh, mentioning the Lobo, uh, last year when the Lobo opened, that's where I ran my show for the first five months. So the Zach Abeda and Friends show, we started last May. I was only six weeks out of getting out of the hospital and we like still held it and we killed it we sold out for like 240 tickets um and then i held my show there for another five months before moving it to the comedy club which is just made more sense like having it you know be there um other so than- like a whole like lineup of local comics or- yeah you know we have a great scene and like there's actually more local comedians than probably ever. I say we probably have around 50, 60, but then we probably have around like 30 really active ones from people from open micers to openers, features, and the few headliners that we have in town. Um, but this is definitely like our highest point. This is like our little golden time in comedy since I've started. Like more people are producing shows. Um, the interest is like spiking as far as people wanting to come out and see local comedy. So I've definitely seen the change, and like just with my shows in general, I've seen more people come out than ever, and it's a uh, it's really starting to turn. So it's dope to see it. That's, That's cool, cool, man. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Dry Heat seems to be like the only like venue, like you said, has been around since like laughs, and that was like when I was like a kid. Yeah, that was the last. I remember hearing club. that spot, yeah. and that was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, laughs. Yeah, I, I've never even seen the inside of that place. I just knew it existed, right? Like, uh, yeah, I've never, I never went into laughs. Never I, I went into laughs. too. That's how much I always like wanted to be a comedian. I remember passing laughs and just seeing it and be like, like so interested, so captivated and curious of what 
inside and i was always a big fan of comedy since i was young so you know the fact that we finally have a club we have rumors of an like another club possibly opening in the future that's um, how a scene grows man exactly so yep you plant a seed and it's like i like i say for us having a high point in comedy i'm really proud to see all the comedians produce comedy here because even in the surrounding like states like denver has five to seven comedy clubs and then oh, you got shit. Boulder, Fort Collins, Colorado oh. Springs, who all have a club. Phoenix area, same as well. They got like five or plus comedy clubs just in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe area. So the fact that we only have one, you know, it's it's great. But like we got to just c- kind of keep it pushing. I didn't realize like how many comics were in Phoenix. I was just out there. I saw. So I got. I was lucky enough to see that Chappelle, Chris Rock show Dope. in Phoenix, uh-huh. and the amount of comics that came out to like do cameos on stage. I mean, it was crazy. There was all yeah, kinds sure. of yeah, yeah. They have a Darnell huge scene. Wrong. Yeah, everyone who lives around there. I think David Spade lives out there too. He like, does actually. Yeah, David Spade lives yeah. out there. So and, is there, there are a lot of travel involved with what you do right um, now. Yeah, dude. I travel probably two weekends a month. Um, a couple weekends ago, I went down south. I did a show at End of the Mountain Gods. The next morning, I drove up to Farmington. Did a show at their casino. Uh, last weekend, I booked a one-off show in TRC. Which was like, you wouldn't even, this is how much I didn't know about even our own state. And that's why I love to travel. Like, I didn't even realize TRC was like the Elephant Butte town. Like, I didn't even snap that together. And like, while we went out there, they put us in this little bar called Sidekicks. It was supposed to be like a sidebar. But I guess the local interest got so packed, they had to move us to the bowling alley. Whoa. No joke. So you sold a, out the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, we literally sold out. You the took over TRC. Bro, it was so, I'll, I'll it give was, you some. Oh yeah, I'll send you a picture so you guys like put it up. But it's crazy. Like we had a. I'm not even joking. We were performed on the lanes. Like they put out a carpet, made a stage for us. They, like all the lanes, people sat in all those seats, and then behind, and there was like 120 people. That's plus. cool, man. I've like, never seen a bowling alley dead out or something like that. I never get surprised anymore. Like the weird situations I've had to perform in daytime raves, like you know what I mean. People's <laughs> weddings, like the weirdest stuff, like memorials. Like people will ask you to do the weird stuff. So, but the bowling alley. Once we saw it and saw the seating arrangement, I'm like, this could work. So, yeah. and they were a blast, dude. They were so accommodating. Like these small towns are so welcome because they don't have any live entertainment. So That's when they get a comedy show, like. We had a personal assistant the whole time that worked there with us. People were buying us drinks. I didn't even know we were comedians. They were just like that friendly down there. And so we got a lot of love. But let's see. Coming up, I got to the end of this. I'm going to Colorado March 28th. I have eight shows up there. Sick. Between uh, Denver and Fort Collins area. And I just booked a train tour at the end of April. So I'm going to be flying out to L.A., doing a show there. And then me and three other comedians will take a train pretty much out the southwest to arizona do shows there here and then take it up to colorado to this comedy festival and end it there so i'm excited for that one that's sick and so that's that's all done by way of your own hustle then that's it i don't like i book everything i have an agent that will get me like some commercial auditions once in a while but all of my comedy bookings done through myself yeah that's cool man so and then like so tell us this this you have a partnership though I have a few. Yeah. I have a few great sponsors, sure. and one of them being the reason why I'm here today is High Desert Relief and Sabrina over there. They've been a sponsor of mine for over a year. Uh, they've been so supportive. So if you ever come out to one of the shows at Dry Heat, they always give us stuff to give out: t-shirts, lighters, discount cards. <clears throat> Another uh, one of my sponsors that's been really helpful is Santa Fe Brewery. I'm very grateful to them. That's so cool. we're one of the only shows that has beer at Dry Heat. 
yeah, they still haven't like fully got the liquor license down yet. So we are able to do like beer through donation base. So as long as you come and I like that beer by donation. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say it like that. Beer by donation. <laughs> say so, no more. Exactly. So it's cool because you come out, and you get a brew or two, you almost getting a free show. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? totally. So they've been great. And then um, I got VM Coffee as well, which is, you know, one of my favorite coffee shops in town. It's kind of where I know Carlos from, seeing him around coffee mm-hmm. shops all over here in town and stuff. And, um, you know, they approached me and wanted to do something. So I have a line of coffee with them. It's my self-care coffee. <laughs> and, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I have a line of coffee with them. And then uh, I just help them out once in a while with some marketing and stuff like that. That's it. Do you see proceeds off that or is that just kind yeah, of yeah, marketing? Yeah, I, I kind of just... Buy it like white label, like says buy it like it's my own coffee, and then I sell it through like my shows. Uh, and then Remedy Coffee Shop in Old Town sells it for me as well. Oh, that's sick. So the local love, bro, like that's what I've really noticed. The networking of local businesses, the support, that's really what like pushes and keeps this thing kind of snowballing in a, in the right direction. Well, you kind of shows about like how many different angles you have to go at it, right? To market yourself, you got different products, exactly. you use different different platforms. So. There's just so much more to it than being a comedian and, and, and telling jokes and being funny. Like that's, you think that's all it is at first, but once you turn this into a career and want to make more than just a hobby out of it, you realize that this is like a sales job and you're selling yourself. Yeah, and totally. so from your merch, your image, the direct like the direction of your content, all I know I, I make it seem and I do have so much fun with it, but I really very deliberate in the way I craft my content, put it out. And market and promote my shows, and, and you know it's all I think about all day. So it's like comedy twenty four seven, and and it's really paying off to see everything that's going on right now has been nuts. We sold out the guild last night. I mean, five years ago doing open mics, I couldn't be saying that I was selling out my favorite theaters that I used to go to in high school. So you know, seeing your mark name on a marquee, all those things like just help you stay motivated and inspired to keep pushing. I didn't have, and my plan really is to get out of here by the end of the year. Um, nice. I know we didn't get into it too much. We kind of can. I don't mind at all. But sure. uh, last April, we had the roast of me on 420, which is pretty on point for you guys' podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on time. So, yeah, so I, men- I mentioned Revel. So, uh, once I'm on that Revel, we do a roast battle show, which is so much fun. It's our Those only, are so it's funny, our only ro- Yeah, it's our only oh. roast battles. And uh, for about the last year, I'm one of the resident judges on the panel. I'm like the very first judge that talks. And so in April, you know, my buddy that throws them, Evan Rons, um, also my buddy who does Santa Fe marketing or Santa Fe Brewing's like marketing and stuff. He's like, yo, let's do something special. Like, it's, you know, I had just hit five years of comedy in New Mexico. I had quit my day job to do comedy full time. I signed with an agent and then I signed with that contract with a Lobo Theater all in like a week. So he's like, dude, let's celebrate that and let's roast you on 420 i'm like hell yeah so i got to pick the panel i picked 10 of my favorite like comedians and best friends um we sold over 220 tickets at revel it was it was one of like the highlights and shows that felt like it kind of elevated the scene in the right way and then two hours later i lived downtown albuquerque i was walking my dogs and i got shot in the stomach literally two hours after the show that's crazy so yeah luckily all my buddies were still in my loft like they got me to the hospital really quick probably saved my life but um it really goes to show you that a nearly perfect night could go to nearly over that fast like that man and it it just gives me so much i I don't take any of this time for granted i spent four days in the hospital i had to have surgery a bullet hit my kidney liver major blood vessel they had to repair a hernia Um, i was in the hospital for four days and then i got out and did comedy two hours later 
<laughs> that's like the, that's, that's that hustle. Yeah, you just gotta is, keep going, right? Yeah. So yes, I, my pops wheeled me into an open mic. Like I was Bruce Willis and Die Hard. That's Still right, had bro. like the hospital bands on and everything. And you know, being in Albuquerque, unfortunately, like violence is getting to be more common. But like, it is something that I would have never expected. And I do talk about it on stage. You know what I mean? And but um, it's it's been a crazy experience, and it's one of the reasons why I don't take. I just like picked. I didn't put any time into being negative about the situation. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be here, and I said I'm gonna put all my time into being positive. And if life could end that quick, then I gotta use every day to make the most out of it. Albuquerque is one of those unique places where it's pretty equal opportunity. I feel like there's definitely worse spots than other, yeah. but. Shit could pop off in any corner of Albuquerque. And it really is, man. Yeah, I, it's, it's just so different how much the gun violence has changed, especially with the youth. Like, when I was a kid, people would, you know, fight, and it would be that. And yeah, now it seems like every fight ends in somebody coming back with a gun or just guns off the bat. And it just, it's really scary for, for the youth and, you know, for the city. It doesn't I'll be honest, I don't really go out too much after I'll do my comedy thing. I'll maybe have a drink at the show with the comedians. But after that, yo, my it's there's not, you know, like I said, the time's too precious to be out messing around. Like I'd rather get home and get to bed early and you know what's again. interesting about that. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this somewhere, but like Fifty Cent, right, wrote a whole book about um, the hustle. And is it, interestingly enough, Zach, like he talks about after his experience of nearly losing his life how like he didn't waste any time and he doesn't anymore like the dude how the dude doesn't drink anymore oh, yeah. doesn't spend time out anymore um and not in a in a paranoid kind of way in oh, yeah. a, in is a it, maximizing time kind of way yeah it is honestly i don't know it sounds funny to say 50 cent is inspirational that sounds <laughs> it's the most albuquerque shit you're ever bro, yeah. bro 50 cent inspires me dog like 50 dog he's he's in my heart eh? <laughs> but no but like to see his immediate hustle and not only like how hard he worked off the bat uh, you know with death row with dre and eminem some of the biggest ever and to see how like crazy he's in shape he was and still does it so it's funny that you mentioned him though like 50 cent though because people are like bro like you're like the 50, 50 cent, cent of burke now yeah <laughs> they'll, be like, they'll be like you're like 25 pesos <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just a little smaller yeah, just bro. A little... Not, that, not that much smaller he just yeah. he just looks bigger on tv Maybe he just looks bigger on TV. My favorite I think, thing about, I think he's a pretty short guy, though, isn't he? Like in John T. My, ba- my favorite thing about 50 Cent, I noticed a long time ago, he's, he raps with his teeth closed. Yes, he does. He raps. <laughs> like, <laughs> we be in the club, talking full of dub. I got what you need if you need a good. He's like, I've never seen that one always with their teeth clenched. He's just That's always hard. I'm hard not Even to understand down, anyway. He's just upside down hanging, just teeth clenched on that bar, <laughs> dude. The well, Super Bowl they, and everything. They wired his shit shut when he got shot, man. So now it doesn't... I can see that. For sure. st- stuck that way, bro. He made, a, he made a face long enough it stuck that way. Damn. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, a, it's wild. It was a wild ride. Ah, we're so, ah yeah, man. That's it's a little different. Let's get out. That's the crazy, man. Babies out there. So. Ah. That's the most Albuquerque-looking stomach. It's just bullet holes, surgery scar, graffiti tattoo. I just look like every stripper at Fantasy World right now. I got I got a matching one, but I didn't get shot. I had I had some crazy medical shit, but I got same kind of thing. That going long on. one, yeah, yeah that's with fun, a zipper huh? they call it. Yeah, I, what what did they use to? Were you like sewn back together with stitches? Staple, uh, staples. Staples. Uh huh. I was on this crazy thing called the wound vac. Oh damn. Yeah, yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, it used negative atmospheric pressure to, like, 
pull stuff back to that. Is, that sounds like some Fantastic Four, some Marvel. Bro, shit, it was bro. crazy. Some Iron Man. Man. Yeah, it was wild. You're it was like the craziest thing. Man, craziest thing ever. Talk about Iron Man. Let's talk about Iron Man, bro. Did you guys see Iron Man went down? It's so funny that because I. A Dude, the, the ago, shrine yeah, that was erected. The shrine is the most album. We don't even put out shrines when actual people die. No, no. <laughs> but Iron Man gets that, hit like, by a Dodge Dakota, and then the town comes out, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny, though, to see him avenge Albuquerque. He's downtown like that. Yeah, bro. He went out. He went out on the back of the truck. I, he was spotted at a at a gas station somewhere. The the rumor is going to be repaired and we'll be back. Oh, I don't know. He shall back return. better than he ever, shall. dude. Three yeah, more. I don't know. Put three more catalytic converters on that bad boy and we'll get to work. Shit. <laughs> That's where they're all going, bro. That guy's making monsters out of them. So like two years ago when they first put the Transformers one, like before reels were really big, I put like one out. And then I did another one a couple months ago, and I remember it was the first time I put a video. Where it's so, bro, people will take your content like you're so serious. And I'm like, oh, look at these. And I'm like talking about the Transformers, and I'm like joking around. I called it like a you pull it Transformer <laughs> or something. And so many people were like, these are art. You better appreciate that. I'm like, yo, I love these. They're like, I'm just like clowning around. Yeah, the, the you pull, I, that's a. That's a I said something about reference. how I was like, well, there's where all the catalytic converters in Albuquerque went. <laughs> and people are like, this guy is obviously not a car guy. There's not one catalytic converter on there. I'm like, jokes, baby. Jokes, bro, <laughs> jokes. Tell us what that's like. Like joking, were you always a kid that choked around? Like were you the were you were you the kid that whose parents were just like stop fucking around or You know what? I think a little bit of both. I think there was times where I don't feel like I was always like I was not class clown for sure, like mm-hmm. center of attention kid. But I think if you got to know me, then I would open up a little bit more. Or definitely, it was always like sharp and used, you know, comedy as a defense mechanism. You know, I was a chubby kid growing up in Albuquerque, bro. So when those cholos start hating that. on, yeah. So when those cholos start hating, I had a bowl cut, dude. I had it coming to me, dude. I look wet as could be. You had to be funny. So I bro. had to be sharp off the bat, and it, it always has helped for real. Like, so I think that's a bigger part of it. And, it was just always a huge interest. Things just seemed to fall in the line. I got my degree in English and creative writing even before I got into comedy. And I think that like tremendously helped me put out material when I first started and be able to write material. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know. The more And the more comfortable I get with it, I think the more loose I am. Like I think I can be very socially like anxious sometimes. So when you see me at a show... A lot of times I'll be outside or just like kind of chilling in the back. And, and that's just more because I'm kind of getting in my own mental preparation and kind of just filling it out. I think it's just also like right weird to be like sitting right up front at the show for an hour. And they're like, all right, next up, and Zach. And then you're just like, get up. Here we go. <laughs> Give me that mic. Yeah. You're like you were, you were in the blocks, bro, ready to roll. But uh, I think sometimes on the opposite end of that, like when people just see you off your content or your Instagram or your stories, they do think you're always on and they do think you're always going to be cracking jokes and just be that person. And I remember like sometimes getting hired at jobs and people being like, Oh, here's the funny guy and this and that. And you're like, then you, you, you don't want to be that like obnoxious new guy cracking jokes. So I just do my own thing. And so I think yeah. some people get a little surprised sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, Tell me a joke, bro. Tell me a joke. <laughs> I always say, I always say, come to a show, dog. Just come out to a show. Totally. I remember one time. I remember one time I was at the gym and these firefighters were like, "You do comedy? Tell, tell us a joke right now." 
we're like working out pack gym i was like i was like that's like if i lit a fire right here and i was like put it out put it out for me like yeah. we'll just come to the show guys yeah come to a show man come to a show remind them again zach come to a show yes yes come to a show so like i said i've had a huge busy month but my next one that i'm proud of when does this come out by the way we're, we're putting these things out like right away. They go up yeah, like 24, out, right, so, wow. so this Wednesday, I'm going to be judging the roast battles at Revel. So like I said, it's always a fun one. And then Thursday, I'm up in Santa Fe headlining the Jean Cocteau Theater. It's a beautiful little theater out there. And then March 25th here in Albuquerque, I got my two shows at Dry Heat Comedy Club. Um, the early one, 7 p.m. We only have like few tickets left, but there's still some tickets for the late show. And then uh, after that, I'm off to Colorado for a little bit. So... Yeah, Dry Heat, that March 25th is going to be the one. We always always put on a great lineup, um, try to bring out some of the best talent I can in the city and surrounding states, and we have some fun for sure. Nice, nice. March man. 25th, Dry Heat, downtown Albuquerque. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm, you mentioned getting out of here, so are your plans to, to leave the land of enchantment? You know what? I, For as much as I wish and I love living here and I wish I could stay here and my, you know, could comedy career continue to grow i really feel like i've hit this level where i got to get out of here to grow as a comedian as a person like i've headlined every show headlined the festivals open for the big names one best comedian in the city and if i serious about this comedy career i don't want to regret 10 years 20 years later not leaving and really taking a chance so um and I'm trying to do really calculated too. I don't want to sure. go to like a city and just kind of drown out or kind of be in places with not a lot of networks. So um, Denver is my first trip that I'm taking this year because that is one of the places I'm considering moving for a couple years. Um, then it's Austin, New York, and LA. So those are my four trips that I'm going to do and then kind of see where I feel like I could fit in best. Nice, nice. And how, how is that? How, how are those the choices? Like how did we come up with Denver, Austin, New York, and LA? Probably some of the biggest comedy scenes for sure. I mean, you really can't be LA and New York, you know what I mean? And LA has not only the comedy, the best clubs, you got the comedy store, improv, um, but you also have the acting scene out there so you could get some work doing that. New York just has so much stage time. You could literally do anywhere from like three to seven sets a night if you're like on it. It's like just so much and then denver's really grown to, i'd say it's like i'd say denver and austin are right under there at the same time with the amount of clubs that denver has the surrounding cities and also the amount of independent shows put on like i like i said i booked those eight shows just by reaching out to like two or three friends wow. so and then austin same thing you know with uh all the comedians moving from these bigger cities over there. Joe Rogan opening. Yeah, club. Austin. He's supposed to be putting his own big club, right? Yeah, it's almost it's almost done. It's almost open. So um, I have a my best friend that was in the scene, Maverick McWilliam. Shout out. He's living in Austin right now. So I already kind of have a buddy out there, kind of establishing himself. So that's why I'm thinking about heading out there as well. Because at this point, I just want to be doing comedy around a bigger tier of comedians, people that are. You know, hopefully someone that could see me want to take me on the road with him. I feel like that's like the next point in the career is go on the road with a bigger comedian. Um, I've been lucky enough to open for some big names, but only on like a few tours or like, you know, two or three shows. But I'd like to like, you know, have someone like that takes you on tour and that way you kind of see a different side well, you'll be able to get in front of a good crowd every night in a place like that you exactly know? exactly different clubs different people i mean that's cool that is cool that is cool man and so and you said you mentioned an english degree like do, do you have uh the desire to write like for a, a sketch comedy kind of situation or is, is that a is that a consideration at any point you know what i have wrote and been in some sketches but i've at this point i haven't really like considered too much actually like writing you know 
content kind of things I want to do. But I would love in the future to do some stuff like to put out some nonfiction, you know, live essays or something like that. Or um, I've always considered that. But now as far as like writing a novel or anything, no. But definitely um, I've helped write some sketches. I've helped write some scenes for like some of the commercials that I've been in and a couple things like that. So it does help. But as far as like sitting down and doing like a book, nothing, nothing like that yet. So. Do you do a lot of content on reels and Instagram and stuff like that? You know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I was kind of late to the game and I would see a lot of other people putting out reels and you see them getting these crazy numbers, you know, my friends, comedians in other cities. And sometimes you'd get frustrated, not, not with them, but just with yourself, the fact that you're not putting your content out there. Um, so I started putting stuff out with the reels when that started changing about a year ago. And the funniest things, it was the it was just the observational stuff that I would see around the city. Like the first <laughs> video I took that really hit was just an Instagram story I took while walking in the grocery store and I saw this grocery shopping cart and all the wheels were missing. <laughs> and it was even funny because it was those little like the mini shopping yeah. carts. And I was like, that's the most like only shopping in, cart only up on bricks and yeah, yeah, only you're like somebody's still in for the, like training wheels for your kids' bike or what do you need those for? <laughs> I should have put it on four rocks. Bro. And then to see, and it's so funny to see how much it was reacted to, shared, commented on. And then I started just posting, because I would post a lot of stories of like stuff. But when I started posting those as reels to see how much it resonated with people and, um, you forget how much crazy stuff. And then I started putting like nostalgic stuff, you know, things I remember as a kid. So I did one not too long ago talking about like the beach water park and Hastings and all the, you know, the things we used to do. Dance, dance, dance. Triple D, I double T. I did one recently where it was like, it was like, uh, it was like growing up in the night, like the weekend in Albuquerque, like growing up in the nineties. And I was like, bro, I have a sick weekend planned out. And I said like all those, I was like, we're going to go to the Dukes game. We're going to go to dance, dance, dance. We're going to hit up the beach. Like, yeah. So, but that was our childhood. And you kind of forget how much that sticks with people. Oh, we just had a drive through. Uh, there were not drive through, but a drive in. There was a couple of drive in theaters when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 38, so I don't know how old you are, but 33. So a, I still remember the last one because my mom, like, she would pass by it and tell us about it for sure. Yeah, so. and that was cool, man. I remember seeing Cliffhanger with with Sylvester Stallone. Sean oh yeah, that's a one, dude. Yeah. At, the, at the drive in theater, and that was that was the shit. That was cool. The drive-in, bro. Oh, they yeah, should bring man. that back. They should bring that back. They right? are. They're trying to someplace. That'd be cool, man. I mean, everyone's got Bluetooth and stuff, so you can make it a lot better, right? Before you just get a little box and hang yeah, on the right. You're right. You probably do it a lot better now. Yeah, probably just you know, tap right into the car stereo, make it all. Yeah, put it on a put it on a FM dial kind of thing, right? If anyone wants to open a drive-through the drive-in theater go. in Albuquerque, we'll go. <laughs> we'll have three customers. <laughs> Yeah, but going back, the Reels thing, I started just posting more stuff, and it really started to take off. Like, I had just a couple thousand followers at the end of last year, and now I think I'm about to hit, like, 13,000, which isn't a lot, but for a local following to see that growth is has been tremendous just to see is that like being a way to get the word out too is via like instagram facebook you know Twitter. what it, it kind of all happened so i won best comedian in the city and that got announced end of november beginning of december and right around that same time my content just started to take off kind of uh independently of winning that award so i think people seen the winning in that i was on the news a few times a couple different radio shows and then i think people started seeing me just pop up on their on their feed and stuff because it's been the first time i'll be very honest and very humble i don't get recognized that often in the city um 
But there will be the few times where I'm walking downtown and it'll be like, oh, there's that comedian fucker. Like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and You're so, a funny fucker, bro. Yeah, so yeah. people will really say stuff like that. I was sitting at Whole Foods this week and, you know, one of the employees just said they love watching my videos. And so that's the kind of stuff that really keeps you, like, motivated. And it makes my day every time. So, yeah, I, I love when people come and show love and it makes it all worth it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's cool, man. So, like... Dry heat, we heard about, we heard we're, we're headed to Denver, Texas, Austin, LA, New York. Um, what else can you tell us? Like, if, if somebody wants to, wants to start doing this comedy thing, um, where do they start, right? Like, you're, yes, you're, you're exactly. doing the dry heat thing, and I'd imagine there's some open mics and things, but where do they get started? Where do they, where do they cut their teeth? You know what, the open mics for sure and i think so many people are hesitant to just do an open mic and you don't realize like the stakes are so low i don't think they realize how welcoming comedians are to new a new person so you know and be like hey it's so and so it's first time coming up give it up you know it's all love and i think once they get that first one even if they don't do that great i think from seeing the welcoming from the feeling of being on stage they'll continue to do it the best place to look to start if you want is albuquerque uh, albuquerquecomedy.com lists all of our open mics okay. um we have open mics almost every day of the week so people and i say that's like our gym like that's our practice time you know what i mean that's our repetitions and then um my bit of advice that i'd give is um from somebody that you know before i started when i was just interested i said you know what what would you be, give a piece of advice for an aspiring comedian and this guy just told me just do every room like perform as much as you can do everything and i really like took that on and that's why all the crazy gigs we've talked about from you know, i've done senior centers bowling alleys raves like a little bit of everything but i think doing all those rooms like if you just perform for the people in your city and the same kind of people in your city your comedy is not going to grow that much and be that relatable to everyone. But if you go out to small towns, casinos, other cities, festivals, that's where you really see how relatable you can make your stuff. And not only relatable, but just um, stand out amongst the pack. I had a lot of people tell me that my New Mexico jokes wouldn't land outside of the state. And, of course, when I do them outside, I'm not doing specific business references or stuff. I teach it more. But I have so many people be like, you know, we have family in New Mexico or we're from L.A., we're from Texas. Like, you forget how much more. There's so much Hispanic people all over this country. That's ludicrous to think that that stuff's not going to connect. And my favorite comedians aren't always Latino comedians. Like, I love Joe Coy. I'm not Filipino. Yeah, Joe Coy is hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. We're not Filipino, but the way he teaches it. It makes it so relatable and universal that it could be funny to anyone. I like that. The way he teaches. I've never heard that before. The way mm -hmm. he teaches yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us more about that. Like, can you teach somebody? Yeah, because our, comedy? Cult I, our culture is so unique. New Mexico culture. I mean, how many people don't even know we're still a state? It's crazy. Right. Like, it's just like that's kind of how you break the ice on that, right? Like, yes. I'm from New Mexico. And yes, it is a state. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I one of my favorite jokes that I've been telling right now is like, a, you know, a fall time in New Mexico joke. That's kind of what I write out. But I just talk about how magical it is in the fall time here and kind of gloss over green chili, balloon fiesta, you know, state fair and do like a quick one. And it's a nice little intro into like our people. And I, I have, you know, jokes about it, everything from like crazy vatos to crazy chola chicks and 
a lot of family stuff i you know a lot of family stories but i think the teaching is what makes your stuff relatable and i like to get off stage and have people know who i am have an idea who i am i think if you just get up there telling topical jokes current events political jokes you could do 15 to an hour a comedy and people not even know you but if you teach them you and talk about you like people are going to remember and resonate you so much more and you might be the one person they remember from that show and and that's kind of what you want, you know what I mean? There's so many funny things about Albuquerque, though. I mean, you can go on and on, man. Like, one of my favorite Albuquerque sightings would be, like, the Cholo on, like, the girl's bicycle, you know? Oh, <laughs> Trying so to look cool. all hard, you know what I'm saying? Like, his knees just coming up higher. Yeah, than his and, like, because that's the thing. Like, it's a stereotype <laughs> in Albuquerque. It's not even, like, a like. Like everyone's seen that, and you see that once, twice a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> I it's love just that. that's yeah, it's the best. That's, that's just on the drive home. They got the Lokes on. They're they're looking at you all hard, like what? So Chill I'm in a car, bro. Like you're on a like, <laughs> come on. You're on a huffy, bro. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. So our call, I mean, just the there's just the Sunday cruise, and like you could go out, and it's not even just Sundays anymore. But I was just grabbing coffee before this downtown, and the cars you see, the groups of people you see. I think that's a culture that's not just unique to us. There's other cruising cultures and stuff like that. But ours isn't unique to us in the sense of how many different car cultures there is. You'll see the lowrider community. You'll see a dude in a Lamborghini. And, and you'll see like someone in a busted Ford Focus. Like all cruising. And, yeah. and so, yeah, we have a very unique uh, culture and lifestyle. And I'm like happy to be able to share it and, and, uh, and be a part of it. That's what's up. It's like a cultural ambassadorship you play role in, man. So and, like, and you know what? I love it because like you see so much content and I've grown up in this. I've grown up like always feeling like a black sheep in my Latino community. I was never Latino enough for the Vatos, for the Cholos. You know what I mean? So I was always kind of cast to the side and I always didn't want to. I didn't want to sound like, hey, bro, what do you? I, I didn't want to be that guy growing up. And not that there's anything wrong with that guy. But I wanted to portray our people in our community in a more intelligent, like brighter light. Like we have more than that, Torsi. We're more than Jesse Pinkman. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, through my comedy, I do tap in a lot of characters and I do a lot of like voices and act outs and stuff. But this is truly who I am on and off stage and um, even in my content. So right on, man. Well, I would say somebody needs to buy a cup of coffee, buy a ticket, shake this man's hand, walk a dog. Yes. Um, you know, touch the scar, get it off. <laughs> Only if you ask first, yeah. though. There's con consent matters. Consent matters. Ask to touch the scar. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it's always um, motivating when you see the people in this community. I, I got to give you a shout out, Carlos. You've been a pillar in this community for so long um, through what you've done from the poetry scene. I remember doing your variety show at Tractor. Year four years ago, maybe three yeah, years man. ago. It's, it's been a while. It's it's gone the way. Shout of the out dodo to bird. Audrey to that. Yeah, it's gone the way of the dodo bird. But thanks. Yeah, so, that was so many years ago. So artists supporting artists have always been one of the most important things that I see in this city. And uh, and Carlos, you, you know, I was very happy to walk in and see you tonight. So. Well, right on, man. Yeah, and likewise. And so send us send us people you'd like to send us. I will. I'm gonna hit yeah. you up with a nice group of not only comedians, but I'll send you some like artists, some music artists as well, and. Yeah, you guys got a cool thing going, so we'll keep us New Mexico vibe. It's just starting out. You know, this is episode four, and it's, uh, like I said, it was improving every time. We finally sound a lot better, I think. Yeah, it sounds better. It sounds, it's organized. Sounds they better. got color-coordinated mics. You don't have the video. You got color-coordinated mics. In here. Mine's pink. And that's bro. right. We got good levels. You I feel can't. like we're like the Ninja Turtles of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. That's a good way to play. That was good. That was good. Who would I be, bro? I guess I'd be like Raphael. Hola, what was that? 
Something's peeping, bro. I don't know. We're not cooking it? anything. I don't know. No, you can't. You can't hear. It. We're at second ten and all. You can't hear it too badly outside. No. And even this area that you're at, isn't it crazy to see this area like getting from less industrial to kind of like nice coffee shops? It is. Up it's and it's, it's cool bro. to see. It's always. I've always felt like driving down Fourth Street that like, are all these buildings vacant? Like, I always felt like nothing was used. We got some, oh, that's they're coming in here. That's okay. Some artists until today, yeah. until today, yeah. But just wrap it back, like to about the theme of your podcast. One of my biggest, um, you know, supports and loves has always been the cannabis community. They've always supported my my shows from High Desert Relief, so I have much love to them. From Kerpel Magazine, like I said, I hosted the SE Awards five times, you know, five years consecutively. So to be able to meet a lot of the people in the industry, as well as like Blown Glass Goods and stuff like that, so. It's party party time. It's up party here. time up in the art, art art artist factory. That's where we're at. They just walked in. So, but yeah, we, we we're going out on shout outs anyway. Thanks, Not thanks Zach it. for that. Yeah, um, cool man. Well, you're welcome back yes. anytime. Yeah, I anytime. appreciate you guys. We'll do this again. All right. Let me hear that John Mayer smooth on the way out. <laughs> here we go. All right.